0: If you're out in the entryway, come on back in. and we're gonna get into God's word together if we haven't met before. My name is Brent Smith, and I'm one of the one of the leaders here at Christ Central. Uh, if you're new to us or if you're a, a student who's just moved to the city uh, for your schooling, welcome to Fredericton, welcome uh, to Christ Central. We're certainly glad. That you've joined us. We're glad that you found us this morning, another new venue. I think it's our 87th venue in the last four years, uh, which is exciting uh, for us. Uh, but here we are. And as Emma said, God has provided again. God has led us again. Once again, He's put His faithfulness and His trustworthiness on display uh, again for us to see. And we're here in a venue that is better for our kids' work. Uh, It's a great venue for us, it's in close proximity to the university, it has good parking, we're close to the hospital in case worship really gets out of hand, (laughs) so it's just everything's coming up roses for us, right? So we're very thankful for God's provision this morning. So for the summer we've been doing a short series on the book of Proverbs, and this morning we'll... We'll draw it to a close. Next week, we'll transition into two different fall series for myself. We're going to go back into Second Corinthians, where we left off way back in May. Uh, so we'll get back in there, and we're, I believe, picking up in the last half of, of chap- chapter 8. So Second Corinthians chapter 8, about halfway through, is where we'll pick up next time I'm up here. Uh, Mark is taking another detour, a detour after a detour, uh, in his series on the Gospel of Mark, and Mark's just going to come and share a bit of what he's going to be preaching on this fall.
1: Yes, so uh, next week, and uh, probably for 10 weeks before, between now and Christmas, um, I'm going to be looking at... Uh, a fresh look at some of the values that we hold as a church and uh, some of the vision that we have as well going forward. Obviously, it's a time when we often get new people coming in uh, to the church, maybe students coming in or people coming from different places. And it's even if you've been with us for quite a while, it's a good uh, opportunity for us to be reminded of who exactly we are, who God's called us to be, as a church, what are some of the things that he's put in us. So we'll be looking at things like uh, God's grace. We'll be looking at the kingdom of God. We'll be looking at the Holy Spirit. Next week, we'll be looking at what it means to be built on a foundation of uh, apostles and prophets. Uh, We'll be looking at all kinds of things like that. We'll be looking at how we've got global horizons. We'll be looking at ourselves as church family. Any number of those things over the next uh, 10 times or so that I preach, and uh, I'm looking forward to getting into it, and I hope you're looking forward to it mm. now as well. Okay, I'll hand Very you good. back to Brent.
0: Mark's really getting into the spirit of the city of Fredericton, where you take a detour, and then you take another detour <laughs> to get around that detour. Uh, so he'll get back to Mark eventually, just like you'll get back to Smythe Street eventually. <clears throat> All right. Uh, let's go. Let's turn in our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, since we're drawing this to a close today, I thought it would be good to look at one of the more popular Proverbs in the whole book, which is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's a verse that we teach our children in songs. I'm not going to sing them this morning. Uh, it's a verse that many of us know by heart. It has a bit, bit of a bit of a rhythm to it. It kind of sticks in your head. Uh, so we're going to look at Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. I will do that though, if you know the kids' song. Awesome. So, yeah, there we go. Others are doing it. So, Proverbs 3 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make your paths straight. And so this morning we're going to look at the straight path life. The straight path life. And what's amazing from this morning in worship is the three words that were brought by Angela and Emma and Robin are the three points of my message. And they fit so perfectly, it's almost ridiculous. Okay, <laughs> And we didn't have a, a, a meeting midway through the week where we set it all up. So God is speaking we can be encouraged through that, and uh, let's pray, and then we'll we'll jump in. So, Father, uh, we're so thankful for this morning. We're so thankful that uh, we have a place where we can gather to give you the worship and the praise that you deserve. We're so thankful that we have a people that come together and have a desire to give you the worship and the praise that you deserve. We're so thankful for your word that we can turn to it this morning. We can learn from it, but not just have head knowledge our hearts can be changed by it you can redirect our life by it it's it pierces us it changes us it's the fire uh that 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 wells up in our heart and uh father we just pray that your spirit would come now by uh through your word and it would work change in us we don't want to leave here the same people we were coming in and we're already encouraged through worship we're already encouraged by the way that you've been speaking to different individuals and uh, the things that they've brought and we do want to hear from you this morning father and so we just pray come now uh, just remove all distractions we want to be focused on you we want to be focused on your word so come and do what only you can do this morning in jesus name amen all right the straight path life trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. So the very first question we need to ask is, what is the straight path life? What does it mean when Solomon says, God will make our paths straight? What are these straight paths that Solomon is talking about? So first off, we see clearly that straight path is the result of what he says to do in verse 5 and the first of verse six do this solomon says and god will give you straight paths and the way it's written it shows us that straight paths are something that we should desire it's something that we would want for our life when we read he will make your paths straight our response is to be yes that is something i want for my life second it's implied here that our paths apart from god working are not straight they are crooked paths All of us are in need of God's path-straightening work. A straight path is about reaching a goal. It's about moving from one point to another. We have the saying, ourselves, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. So God has things for us that when left to ourselves and apart from Him, we do not have. And He wants to straighten our paths to those things. And so what are... Those things. I think our default is to read straight paths and immediately think of ease and comfort. In our selfishness, we can have a great tendency to read a verse like this and think, oh, great, if I do this, this, and this, then God will make my life easy and comfortable. We have this tendency, I think, to read the verse like, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him. And he will give you easy street. But straight paths do not equal easy street. It's not like God just puts your life on those moving sidewalks in the airport. Where you just stand there and you're moved along. And it's easy and it's comfortable and there's no obstacles. And it takes very little effort. Everything is flat, straight, and you're just moving along. We know that isn't the case. Uh, We know that the straight paths can't be about ease and they can't be about comfort and no obstacles and no hardships because Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, of all the promises of Jesus that he's given his church, I think the one we're very quick to forget is that he's promised us trouble. He's promised us trouble we are promised difficulty, we are promised suffering. So we know that the straight paths cannot mean a life of ease and comfort and prosperity. We also know this to be true because many of you in this room know and love Jesus and have been following following Him faithfully for many years, and your life is anything but easy and comfortable. And so when we read this verse, then we have two options. Either Solomon is a liar and God's word is false, or straight paths does not mean easy street. Straight paths does not mean a life of comfort, ease, good health, and worldly prosperity. When Solomon talks about straight paths, when Solomon talks about God giving us straight paths, He's talking about God not wanting us to veer off the path that he has for us. God has straight paths to joy for us, straight paths to obedience, straight paths to peace for us, straight paths to a purposeful, God-honoring, God-enjoying life, even if it might be a hard life. These are the straight paths that Solomon is talking about. They're not straight paths of ease but they're straight paths of enjoying God. They're not straight paths of comfort, but they're straight paths of being conformed into the image of Jesus. And they're not straight paths of prosperity, but they are straight paths of purpose where we fulfill all that God has created us for. So straight paths is more than just direction and guidance. It includes that, but it's more than just God leading us and helping us. It's about as Hebrews 13:21 puts it, God equipping us with every good thing that we may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight. Or as Ephesians 2:10 says, where Paul says it's about us being created in Christ Jesus for good, for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. These are the straight paths that Solomon is talking about. It's not just about direction and guidance. It's not about ease and comfort. It's about living a life of purpose that we were designed to live by God. So God making our paths straight is about God enabling us and equipping us to live our lives for the purpose that he has set out for us In Jesus his desire for us is to walk in the straight path to obedience his desire is for us to walk in the straight path to joy the straight path to peace the straight path to thankful glad reverent worship of him the straight path to purpose and a life that counts not just for the few short years here on earth but a life that counts for eternity and that's what we all really want. Deep down, we want a life of purpose. We want a life of significance. We want a life that truly matters. This week, uh, in the sports news, Jerry Jones is the owner of the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL, and he was in an interview on the radio, and he's a multi-millionaire, and he said that there is no limit to the amount of money he would give up if it guaranteed him another Super Bowl win he said it would be embarrassing it would be shocking if you knew the size of the check i would write if it guaranteed me a super bowl there's nothing that i would not do financially not to get a super bowl so what's jerry looking for he's looking for significance he's got stacks of money so he knows that significance isn't found there so maybe he can use the stacks of money to get another championship. Maybe then he could be immortalized, as they say in sports, as one of the greatest owners of all time. But he won't find the significance he's looking for in more championships either. Unfortunately, with the state of the Cowboys, he's not (laughs) going to find that for quite some time. (laughs) No Cowboys fans in the room, that's fine. It's not something Jerry really has to worry about. but when but the straight paths are straight paths of purpose uh, they're straight paths of significance and that's something we all want and so when we hear about God putting our life on a straight path we should say I want that I want that I want a straight path life how do I get a straight path life well Solomon tells us right in these few short verses he lays it out for us of how we can have a straight path life. And if you were listening intentively, you already know how to get a straight path life. Because as I said, Angela, Robin, and Emma have already told you how to have a straight path life. But we'll unpack what Solomon says here in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. If I could complain, they didn't do it in the same order that it (laughs) is here. But nonetheless... Maybe that's my fault. (laughs) So Solomon first says that the straight path life begins with trusting God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust is a huge part of our lives. The most important decisions we make in life, they all revolve around whom we choose to trust. The big decisions of life relate to the people we put our trust in. So if you think about the times you have made your biggest mistakes, more often than not, there is a misplace of trust. You trusted the wrong person. You trusted a car salesman or a realtor, and you got burned by a bad purchase. You placed trust in a friend who you thought was for you, who you thought wanted what was best for you, and it turned sour. So, so often, who you choose to trust determines the outcome of your life. I'll say that again. Who you choose to trust determines the outcome of your life. So we can't just skim by a verse like Proverbs 3:5 that tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart. So often in the church we see this disconnect between faith in Christ to get us to heaven and trust in Christ to navigate us through this life. It's like we say, yes, I see I'm a sinner. I see I'm in need of saving. I'm in need of rescuing. And I'm going to call out to Jesus and put my faith in His work on the cross to save me for all of eternity. But I don't think I can trust Him with this particular situation. I don't think I can trust Him here with my finances I don't think I can trust him with my kids. I don't think I can trust him with how he says I should order my relationships. And we end up with this weird uh, juxtaposition where we trust God with our eternity, but we don't trust him with our daily lives. We trust him with all of eternity, but we don't trust him with our day-to-day lives. When my daughter Lydia was three or so, we were praying at bedtime and she was always coming out with the craziest stuff. I would often share it at staff meetings and uh, provides a lot of hilarity. Uh, but one night I mentioned about trusting God and she said, what, what does that mean, trusting God? So I did my best to unpack it, you know, and not use words that we can get away with using when we're when we're adults and when we don't really know what we're talking about. And uh, so I did my best to explain it and she said, hmm, I love Jesus, but I don't trust him. (laughs) And unfortunately, it can be funny, but for many of us, we can profess a love for Jesus, but we don't trust him. We love him for what he stands for. We love him for what he's done for us. But when it comes to trusting him in our day-to-day lives, that's another story. And for many, it's just the years of experience we have put on the filter that keeps us from saying things as bluntly as a three-year-old says them. We love Jesus, but I'm not sure we trust Him. The proof that we don't trust God with all our heart is that we turn to other resources first to solve life's problems. We turn to other resources first to solve life's problems, because what you trust is where you go first. What you trust is where you go first. So being uh, born in 1983, it means I was right at a great age when Jordan and the Bulls were winning all the championships in the 90s, and when the game was on the line, the Chicago Bulls put the ball in Michael Jordan's hand first. Because what you trust is where you go first. It's what you bank on. So everyone knew it was going to him. Everyone knew he was going to take the shot. Stockton and Malone knew that Jordan was going to take the shot. Phil Jackson and the Bulls trusted Jordan with all their heart. And he delivered the victory over and over again. They trusted him to win the game. And so they went to him first to lead them to victory. What you trust is where you go first. So when situations arise in life and the game is on the line, who are we passing the ball to? Who are we passing the ball to? Where are we looking to first? That's where our trust is. When the game is on the line with our anxiety when the game is on the line with our loneliness when we have disunity in our marriage when our kids are growing up and we see them walking away from God when the game is on the line who or what are we passing the ball to who do we trust to solve our life's problems and as Emma already told us, God can be trusted. God can be trusted. He has a good track record of deliverance. He has a good resume of provision. He can be trusted. Solomon is telling us that when we place our trust in something or someone other than God for the situations of life, we begin veering off the straight path that God has for us. So maybe you're a a single person who has a desire to be married, but you find yourself in in this waiting period. And because of circumstances, because the right person hasn't come along, God has you waiting. You're waiting on the Lord. And if you don't trust God in that situation, you begin thinking things like, God has forgotten me. God doesn't hear me anymore. God's moved on from me. I'm here crying out to him But it's like he's put me on hold and forgotten I'm on the line. And that distrust in God, it kind of cracks the door so that temptation can walk in. And you begin believing the lie that you need to make something happen for yourself. You need to compromise your standards. You need to look elsewhere to find something to take the sting out of being alone because God can't be trusted with your loneliness. And if that's you this morning and you're battling thoughts, that God has overlooked you, that God doesn't care about you, that God doesn't have the power to help you, you need to hear truth this morning that God is faithful. That God has a steadfast love for you that endures forever. That God will never leave you or forsake you. That Jesus is able to sympathize with your weakness and you can come to Him and receive mercy and grace In your time of need, you can trust him. Why do you think the Bible tells us these things over and over and over again? Because we have such a great tendency to think Jesus doesn't care. Jesus doesn't sympathize with my weakness. Jesus can't provide grace and mercy in my time of need. God isn't faithful. His love for me has run out. He has left me. He has forsaken me. And so the Bible says over and over and over again, God loves you. He has a steadfast love. He will never leave you or forsake you. He is faithful. He does know. He does care. He is able. If this morning you know you're walking down a crooked path and you find yourself kind of this morning knee deep, in sin, as it were. Don't just look to modify some behavior. You need to ask yourself, where am I distrusting God? Where am I distrusting God? What areas of my life do I see that I haven't trusted God? Because chances are that's where the door is cracked open for temptation and sin to rise up in your life. Trusting in the Lord with all our heart is the first step in living this straight path life that Solomon is talking about. Look at what Solomon says next. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. This is Robin's point, in case you were wondering. Step two of living a straight path life, a life where we are walking straight in God's joy, straight in God's peace, straight in God's purposes and plans, is to not lean on our own understanding. So lean here means more than just incline. Sometimes we say, you know, I have an inclination to do this, or I kind of lean this way on a particular issue. Lean here means to put your full weight into. To support yourself with. It doesn't just mean incline. It means put your full weight on. Do we want to illustrate this practically? That would be fun. Why don't we stand up if you're able? Okay. And then find something to lean on. Could be a person. Could be something else in the room. Find something to, to put your full weight on. Something that supports you. You need to do it in a way kind of like this. Yeah, we don't need any fights, but support yourself to the point where if that person or that object, that chair, that wall moved, you would fall flat on your face. Okay? So you are now leaning on something, right? And what are you in this moment? What are you? You're vulnerable, aren't you? You're very vulnerable because you have now put your full weight on something so that if this moved, I am very vulnerable, right, to falling flat on my face. Leaning on something requires a vulnerability. It requires a vulnerability. That was hard to say when I slowed it down. (laughs) Vulnerability. We're depending on something. And depending on who or what you chose to lean against, it, 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 it can make you feel more or less vulnerable, right? So Ben back in the corner was leaning against the concrete wall. Ben feels a lot less vulnerable than these two guys down here. That was a vulnerable situation here. Because when we lean against something at any minute, Jared could step out of the way. Noah falls on his face, right? Maybe Jared gets weak under the situation and he gives way. At that point, Noah is very vulnerable, right? Because that wall was better made to hold up Ben than Jared was made to hold up Noah, right? (laughs) And so Solomon is saying that on the straight path to live the straight path life, It's going to require vulnerability because it's going to require you to lean. It's going to require a measure of humility where we recognize that we don't see the world and our lives as accurately as we'd like to think. We need to recognize that we don't ultimately know what's best for us and for those around us. That sin has distorted our gauge for what's good and evil. Yes, God has given us common sense, but we also need to recognize that sin has kind of wreaked havoc on what we call our common sense. We're not that good. We're not that good. We thought our own understanding was good when we made that decision, but so often in hindsight, we see that we didn't see very well. Our own understanding was skewed. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all things and so our hearts are sick with selfishness and pride and so our understanding can be warped this is robin's word where we don't see the pirates as they truly are our understanding is limited our understanding is skewed by sin we don't see things correctly a plane needs a control pa- control tower the tower says no you can't fly there But you're looking out the window, it's cloudy, you can't see. You have to trust the tower. Your perspective is limited. You need someone who can see the situation more clearly. And so we need to recognize that God sees our situations more clearly than we do. We veer off the straight path when we assume we see things fine. When we assume our understanding for what is best for us is accurate when we assume that we see what we see as good in a situation is indeed good. If you look at Moses, Moses is growing up in Pharaoh's palace. He's highly educated. He is getting a great understanding of life. He has wealth. He has training. He had a lot of understanding. But we read in Hebrews 11 that he didn't lean on that understanding. It says that he considered the reproach of Christ greater than the riches of Egypt, and he left Egypt in order to deliver his people. Now he's walking the straight path life, because in Moses' own understanding, the riches of Egypt are greater than reproach, but when he doesn't lean on his own understanding, he now has a different viewpoint. He now has a different perspective on where he's at, Instead, he leans on on God's understanding, and now he's walking the straight path for what God has for him. So if you're a student, when you get your diploma, your BA, your master's, your PhD, whatever it might be, all you have really is information. And information doesn't translate into wisdom. You could go into university a fool and come out the other side a fool who knows more things. In fact, if that education gives you a greater tendency to lean on your own understanding, then you may have more letters after your name, but Solomon says you're an even bigger fool than when you went in. Because he's telling us that the way to wisdom, the way to live life on a straight path, is not to lean... On our own understanding, but on God's. So, by all means, we should learn, study, plan, prepare, get as much understanding as we can. We just shouldn't lean on it. We just shouldn't lean on it. Don't make your understanding the standard by which you measure the wisdom of God. You can have your thoughts, you can have your understanding but we need to measure those thoughts against the standard of the wisdom of God. So even in our thinking and our planning and our preparing, we're leaning somewhere else. Proverbs 21, 31 says, The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. There's a great story in John chapter 21 after Jesus' resurrection, and it says that Jesus went to the shore where the disciples were fishing and they are having a a miserable day on the water, not catching anything. And Jesus yells out to Peter from the beach for them to throw the net on the other side of the boat. Jesus says, throw the net on the other side. And he says that, not to you or I, he says that to a professional fisherman. He says that to Peter, who is a professional fisherman. Peter knew fish. He'd spent many years perfecting his craft of catching fish. He had understanding. He wasn't out there with empty nets because he didn't have a clue of what he was doing. But when Jesus said, toss your net on the other side of the boat, Peter didn't lean on that understanding. He threw the net on the other side and the net was filled with fish to the point that they struggled to get it up into the boat. So what was an unproductive day full of unmet goals and frustration was flipped when Peter stopped leaning on his own understanding. All of Peter's experience, all of his understanding, all he learned from the Israel University of Fishing, it, all it had led to that day were empty nets. Until he stopped leaning on that understanding and he started listening to Jesus yelling out from the beach, to do things a different way? What areas in your life are you leaning on your own understanding? Solomon is telling us that if we want to walk a crooked path, if we want to live the life of foolishness, just lean on your own understanding. Just keep throwing the net on your side of the boat and ignore Jesus yelling from the beach. Just keep throwing your net on the same side of the boat. I can't give to the church. I already don't have enough money now. I can't serve in that ministry. I'm already too tired. I can't discipline my kids. They don't like me already. I can't go out with my wife. My feelings for her have left. Over and over and over again, We can cast our nets on our side of the boat because in our understanding, that's what makes sense. In our perspective, that's what's logical. That's what seems best. And Jesus is yelling from the beach, cast your net on the other side of the boat. You might have a lot of understanding, but Jesus is saying, don't lean on that understanding. Take that understanding and line it up with God's understanding, make that line up with God. Don't make God's wisdom and God's understanding line up with what you think is best for your life. Some of us are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. How many years are we going to live and how many mistakes are we going to make until we realize that our understanding just isn't working? That our understanding is is skewed. Our understanding is not worth leaning on. Our understanding, no offense, Jared, our understanding is more like Jared than it is the big concrete wall. And more often than not, it fails us. God is worth leaning on God's wisdom is worth leaning on God's understanding of whatever situation you're in is worth leaning on to walk the straight path life we need to trust God we need to confess that our understanding of life is limited even skewed by our selfishness and pride in our own hearts and lastly we're told that to walk the straight path life we need to acknowledge God In all our ways, we need to acknowledge God in all our ways. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. So very simply, we need to live every minute of every day in every situation as if God is there and personally invested, interested, concerned in that moment. Acknowledge him, not just in powerful times of worship or in difficult crisis, but in all your ways. There is no detail of our lives that God is not concerned about. God is concerned with how you eat breakfast. He's concerned with how you drive to work. He's concerned with how you work through the day. He cares about what you say when you walk through the door of your house, when you come home. It should floor us with awe, with amazement, that the God of all the universe is concerned about all the plain, mundane things of our lives. We don't serve a God who feels he is above those ordinary things. We don't serve a God who's just standoffish and kind of has his nose in the air and says, You know, only bring to me the important things. As Angela said, you can bring any color of the crayon to God. He's not just concerned with the primary colors. He's concerned with all of them. Another great quote is from Charles Bridges, and he says, take one step at a time, every step under divine warrant and direction. Ever plan for yourself in simple dependence on God. It is nothing less than self-idolatry to conceive that we can carry on even the ordinary matters of the day without his counsel. He loves to be consulted. Consider no circumstances too clear to need his direction. In all thy ways, small as well as great, in all thy concerns, personal or relative, temporal or eternal, let him be supreme. He loves to be consulted. He loves to be consulted. Consider no circumstance too clear to need His direction. He loves for us to bring Him into every situation, even those that seem so small and insignificant. So Often we're guilty of living Monday to Saturday as Christian atheists. Basically, we believe in God, but we live as though He doesn't exist. And we sing and pray on Sunday, and maybe we even take some time each day to read our Bibles. But when it comes to the day-to-day decisions of our lives, when it comes to the events of our day, the decisions we make, there's no acknowledgement of Him. We're not acknowledging God in all our ways. And so we need to ask ourselves, is there, is there an acknowledgement of God in our lives? Not just here in the two hours that we're here, but is there an acknowledgement of God in our lives? Not just in the midst of crisis or, you know, powerful times of worship, but is there an acknowledgement of God in all our ways? Are there areas of our lives where we do not want to acknowledge God because we know That if we do, change will be required. I think what, as I looked at this verse this week, I think what really hits me about these verses is that how they show us what life on a crooked path looks like. And it's not, you know, like high crime and heinous acts of evil, and it's not the, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 shows us that to live life on a crooked path, all we really need to do is trust God with some things but not everything, assume our understanding of life is good and accurate, and acknowledge God for two hours on a Sunday morning. That's all we really need to do to live our life on a crooked path. And when we see that, I think, at least for myself, we realize just how prone we are to not walk on the straight paths that God has for us. All we really need to do is just trust God with our salvation, but not with the everyday things of life. Just to, you know, make decisions based on how we see things and not go to Him or other godly people for counsel. And then just acknowledge Him when we're in church meetings with church people doing church things, and we'll walk on a crooked path. Solomon says, trust God, lean on his understanding, acknowledge him in all that we do, and he's going to make our paths straight. He's going to keep us from wasting our lives He's going to protect us from destroying ourselves in others in the path of sin. And he will ultimately bring us to everlasting joy and peace in himself. Don't we want to live a straight path life? He's worthy to be trusted, he's worthy to lean on his wisdom, he's worthy to be acknowledged in every situation of our lives. Before we finish up, I just wonder if some of you might say that's great, Brent, but I'm a long ways down a crooked path. I'm a long ways down a path that is anything but straight. And I'm in a season right now where I've seen a great distrust for God grow in my heart, which has led me to all sorts of Sin and temptations hurt myself, hurt those around me. I haven't gone to God's Word for counsel. I've just been going my own way, leaning on my own understanding of what would make me happy and what would be best for me in my life. And most of my day-to-day life, I ignore God. I ignore His existence and I ignore His involvement in my life. And if that's where you're at, I want you to see the grace of God that's extended to you in the verses that follow what we focused on this morning. Because right after Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, verses 7 and 8 say this, Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil, and it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. So no matter where you're at this morning, You need to know that there's an invitation here in God's Word for you to turn from the path you are on and to begin walking down the straight path God has for you. And if you hear that and your heart wants to respond, well, you don't know how far I've walked down this road. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what's been done to me. You don't know how crooked the path is that I'm walking on. It's right here. Don't don't be wise in your own eyes. Turn away from evil. And it's going to be healing. It's going to be refreshment. Repentance is available to you this morning. Forgiveness is available to you this morning. Healing is available to you this morning. Refreshment is available to you this morning. Don't just go on your own understanding of the situation don't do what proverbs is telling you not to do so when you see how far you're down how far away from god you're in and you think no there's no way that god's grace is available for me there's no way that god's love is for me all these things that bren has been talking about it might be true for this person who's a little farther up the road than i am but i've veered off for quite some time don't lean on your own understanding because God's Word says that no one is too far gone. No one is outside of the reach of God. No one has surpassed His grace. His grace is available for you this morning. Healing is available. Refreshment is available. Turn to Him and begin walking the straight path life. The band can come up and we're going to pray and then I'll turn things over to Mark. Mark.